Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a film that they may like, they may dislike, or something that's topically relevant. In this case, it's topically relevant. I'm your ho- one of your hosts, Greg Arrieta, joined I'm, by... I'm Louis Gallup. And this week, we have... I'm Ivy, and I'm a new member of the film club. Yes. All right. Good to have you. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to give a heads up to the listeners. I am uh, pretty sick right now, so that's why my voice is kind of different from the other episodes. Yeah. Well, they'll get used to it for the next two weeks. Because, yep. uh, lo and behold, we're recording two podcasts in this. Mm-hmm. Time travelers. All right. So, uh, I tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started here. Not like a huge, like, you know, from when you were born. You <laughs> no know. life story. No okay. life story, but you know, it's possible by yourself. Yeah, so I'm from the UK, as you might be able to hear from my accent, or maybe not. Um, yeah, it's there, but I don't <laughs> want to assume. You know. Yeah, and I'm an exchange student here at UW, and I'm just here for the year. I'm an English major, and then I'll head on back to Edinburgh at the end of my year and finish off my studies. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Or we love having you on the podcast. Uh, this week we're going to talk about mid nineties, Jonah Hill's directorial debut. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first off, uh, initial thoughts when you walked out of the film because we we watched this at a screening, and uh, you know having screenings as your first experience for a movie, sometimes is pretty good, but sometimes like the audience can be kind of uh, you know too loud. But this time it was kind of good. Did you have people talking around you? Uh, just a little bit. It was better than most other times. I don't but know. I had a really. This one was fine for me. Uh, you can't really hear, hear people in like six feet. I had a really bad experience with First Man. Oh man. That's why I saw it twice. Yeah, we had um, like a bunch of old people were at this First Man screening in Bellevue, and they just kept talking and talking and talking. And it was like during like really pivotal moments too. So, you know in the movie where it gets really silent because like they go into space? Yeah. They would literally be talking over that. That's, that's not was, ideal. <laughs> they would ruin like the most poignant moments in the film. And I just, it was so distracting that I made like a verb, like, a loud verbal comment at the end. I'm like, you know what? This would have been a great movie if people had just shut up and I walked in. <laughs> a little passive aggressive, but... The uh, best way to do it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I had to be, I had to be told. These people mm-hmm. needed to learn. Yeah. Um, but this one, this one was fine. Uh, did, we didn't have that kind of... Yeah, it was really bad. Especially for a movie I was looking forward to. But this movie, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think my expectations for this are always a little bit sky high when it's someone I'm really interested in. Like, I'm really interested in Jonah Hill in terms of how he goes from an actor to now being a director. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always interesting trying to see what they do like after acting. Because isn't there like a saying that to be a to be a director, director you must first be an actor? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to, you need to like know their mindset. Mm-hmm. If you know their mindset, then you can properly direct them and I guess use the right vernacular. I guess a lot of the times when you're trying to describe a particular emotion you want, you need to convey that with words rather than just saying, I need you to be sad. Yeah. You need to say, I need you to be sad and and then explain it in mm-hmm. details mm-hmm. but yeah he jonah hill's been like for a long time he's been like work slowly working up the ranks of just working with like the greatest directors of all time so mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, like 2011 bennett miller with moneyball mm-hmm. 2013 wolf of wall street with scorsese the legendary scorsese 2015 with hail caesar and the coen brothers right or the 2016 I think maybe twenty sixteen. I think that was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen yeah. with them. Um, did Todd Phillips with War Dogs? He's not as prestigious, but you know he's still there. It was a pretty good, you know, performance. Yeah, it his, is. His laugh was great. Did he get nominated for Golden Globe? I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was a good performance in a you know slightly underwhelming movie, but mm-hmm. definitely the highlight there. Um, he, for a long time, he was known as like the super bad kid and the guy that would hang yeah. out with like Seth Rogen. And then, and then Moneyball. Happened. That's how I think of him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was always, I always wanted to see Superbad, but I was in middle school and then we came out and my parents never let me see it. The first time I actually saw Superbad was like earlier this year or earlier last year. I hadn't seen it since then because, um, 
Wait, for so, so long okay, that's, except for long. That's pretty. So what was, what was your first exposure? And this is like a question for mm. both of you. What was your first exposure to Jonah Hill? Def, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other smaller roles he had, but the first one I can remember prominently is Moneyball. Moneyball, yeah. Because he did have like small roles, uh, for example, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Oh, he was really? That. He and then they actually movie. made a spinoff movie, Get Him to the Greek, featuring oh, uh, Russell Brand. And I never saw that film, actually. Yeah, it's just pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, what was your first exposure to Jonah Hill? Probably like, I don't know, 21 Jump Street, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's a good one too. That was 2012. That's a good start, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what I think of him like in that role. It's like, yeah, it's Jonah Hill. <laughs> it's, it's cool to see him like go from these like comedic roles, and now he's, he just he's more... Mm-hmm. Serious role, I guess. He's always playing that like one typecasted character that's always kind of like extravagant and overdone in these movies. But I think to some extent that's kind of what his strength his strength is. Yeah. Um, but like he, he does it in, in different ways, which is yeah. Which is good. Plus Moneyball isn't that No no, no that one isn't. That one so, isn't. You know, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, you know, it's about it's about like uh, Stats in baseball, basically. Yes, the yeah. Open A's in two thousand two when they have they lose like their three all star players and they need to find a new team for the next year within their budget and they start using statistics which weren't used at the time to find undervalued players and then how they go on this huge like tear and it yeah. changes the whole the whole way baseball recruiting is done. And Jonah Hill plays the uh, statistician, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I really, we'll get back to the movie right now, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed mid-90s. I wasn't expecting to, only because, you know, I do like coming-of-age films, but recently there has been such an influx of coming-of-age coming of films, mm-hmm. you know, ever since Boyhood, and uh, trying to see, you know, seeing those coming-of-age stories, sometimes they rip off each other, mm-hmm. and this one was kind of unique, in my opinion, uh, with the skater aspect, and mm-hmm. It's great because they actually got actual skaters and turned them into actors rather than going the traditional route of teaching actors how to skate. Yeah, I think um, for the coming of age aspect, it's probably one of the most accessible stories for uh, like first time directors because it's very personal and they can speak to it pretty well. Also, like coming of age films aren't the most expensive films, so like when directors, I feel. Like within like the first three movies they make a director, it's probably they always one that's personal and probably speaks to them. So that's why I think coming of age film, coming of age films are so, uh, like, popular because everyone can speak to their own experience. Yeah, and I think yeah, in coming of age tale, there's like a bit of room for it to be a bit rough and a little bit awkward because that's kind of like the nature of the story they're telling as well. So it fits well with a a first time mm-hmm. filmmaker. Have you guys heard of Skate Kitchen? Yes, I've heard of that, and I've also seen people comparing the two. They're yeah. supposed to be like brother-sister oh. films, you know. <laughs> on Letterboxd. It was that stiff this year. Huh. So on Letterboxd, there's either Team Skate Kitchen or Team, or team Mid-90s. It's pretty much the divide. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they're both, they're both very similar in terms of recruiting like actual people and, as opposed to actors. Uh, they're both centered around like skateboarding squads. One in Skate Kitchen, it's all female squad, and this one's all male squad. Oh wow! Okay, that's interesting. It's a nice contrast. I encourage everyone to to watch both and see which one they pick on. Yeah, I gotta watch it now. Yeah, that that does sound pretty interesting. At the time when I used to skate as a kid, until I had an injury, and then my dad basically broke my oh, no. my skateboard. Uh, but before that, uh, at the time we didn't really have any good skating movies. The only thing that came out. And I was I was living in Dubai, so we don't even get indie films. The only thing that came out was uh, Skate or Die, like this French movie from such a long time ago. And it's about like two skaters who are just like running away. I really want I really remember wanting to see that movie and then never being able to watch it because it just went to the theaters the day I wanted to watch it. Do you remember the Wolverines of Dogtown? No, that's I, a skater movie. I from like mid two thousands. I it haven't seen probably it. didn't release in, in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> like quite a bit of movies, you know. We didn't yeah. we didn't get her in Dubai. And that's Same. pretty surprising, right? 
Mm -hmm. it, it really is. Spike Jones is a like, like a skater dude. He would do a lot of skating stuff, skating videos, and then he did music videos. Yeah, no, I, I do think that is true. Yeah, he was with the uh, the Jackass people. That's how he was a producer on Jackass before he started making all these like huge, I guess, hip hipster mini movies that everyone loves now. Yeah, so. no, that's true. He's a great director. But let's let's get back to Jonah Hill <laughs> yeah. as a director. I wanted to talk about like some other actors turned directors and mm -hmm. what their fate was uh really the only person i can that comes to mind right now other than jonah hill is uh george clooney but he's been making trash recently he didn't start off with trash because he did make a couple of really good films that he directed there are always a lot of actors turned directors um like uh, Greta Gerwig. Yes. Oh, yes. More recently. Um, we're drawing blanks, but there are a ton, right, that start out being actors and then they go direct stuff. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, while I look it up, I'm going to look at actors, turn, directors. <laughs> edit this out so it doesn't sound like we're complete idiots. Question Who is your favorite actor? <laughs> Director. Oh god. For me it's definitely Greta Gerwig. Like yeah. I love her so much. And There's her and Frances Ha is like my, my perfect character. I just love her so much mm. in that film. It's a great movie. And I she did so well as well. Like mm. Lady Bird just I like the dialogue she writes. Did you ever see Mistress mm -hmm. America? Yes, I did. Oh my god. It's so good. Yeah. And we showed that as one of our opening films for Film Club. One year, I think two years ago, because it's also very topically relevant mm -hmm. with yeah. college, very yes. going away. Um, looking up actors turned directors, there are so many. Mm -hmm. um, Clint Eastwood, Ben Affleck. Yeah, um, Clint Eastwood is yeah. great. Ron Howard, Robert Redford, um, Charlie Chaplin, mm -hmm, Jodie Foster. Could, do we should we consider Spike Jones as well? Like he was a producer, then he became he was an actor in Three Kings. And I then, guess. And then very, came, but he very started wrong. directing like much more after that yeah. rather than before. He's like one role though. I guess he's not true, super true. known for being. It's a great actor. role though. It's a great role actually. Three Kings is the best David O. Russell film easily. What's the other one? Silver Lines. Silver Lines is good. But Three Kings. And there's Joy. Joy. There's American <laughs> Hustle, which is one of the worst movies ever made. Jamie hates that film. I hate that film Jamie, so much. Jamie goes on, uh, Jamie had a tweet. Jamie's our former club president, by the way. Jamie has this tweet that he has drafted and he won't tweet it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to house him for it right now. One of his drafted tweets is, I can't believe American Hustle had like a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, I couldn't believe it either, to be honest. It, it is, the, like, you know, they... The way they do the plans, there's so many plot holes in the movie I, that I can, you know, get into for like the next 20 minutes, but I will not. <laughs> um, what is the scene that stuck out to you the most in mid-90s? Because for me, it was when he, uh, you know, he was attempting that uh, roof jump. Mm -hmm. The jump from the rooftop. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was very, very cool to see. Uh, not that he suffered you know, from a, a bad fall, but the courage he mm -hmm. had to take that was uh, really interesting. Mine was when he's talking to Nikhil Smith's yes, character. Yes, and that's mine too. And he's talking about the baggage you have in your closet and yeah, that's how it. you have troubles, but you wouldn't want to swap it with anyone else's. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one too. And he's he's also a pro skater. He's one of the best pro skaters. Yeah, no, he has like a, a shoe coming out with Adidas. I'm a sneakerhead, so <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, he's, really, like, he's like really carrying that one scene. And I think that's probably, when you, if you think like a scene that sums up the movie, I think it's, it's partially that one. I, would say. I, don't, want to, I don't want to say it is that one, but I think it, it is one of the main contributors because it helps you understand yeah. um, what Stevie's going through in that film. Yeah, I think it's it's that one, and like also the uh, time where he finally, uh, you know, fights back against his brother. Oh, when he comes home yeah. drunk. Yeah, that one's pretty shocking. That scene mm -hmm. is like, yeah, and then afterwards with the when he's trying to strangle himself with the the cord for his mm -hmm. like remote control. That's like. 
that was really like shocking i feel i feel like he's actually doing it too because it is like the core you can see the skin yeah, yeah go around the core it's like it was, you're doing it i feel like those moments though kind of really shook me the moments where like he gets the hairbrush and like rubs his leg to kind of like punish himself mm-hmm. like those moments kind of were left unexplained because they're just Kind of, I don't know, like yeah, it, that, that one scene did kind of stick out because I yeah. thought he was doing it to maybe um, say that his brother had beat him or oh, had, like a bird or something, yeah. but it never comes back up. No, it's kind of just left as like a kind of, I don't know, something that really shocks you when you leave. Like this is not really picked up on again. Mm-hmm. And then there's like other there's other aspects. One of the things. Um, uh, in the interview that we talked about is that they had like apparently three hours of footage that they cut down to 84 minutes oh, with man. credits Damn. Wow. so they so there may be and one of the things they said is that the home life was the sh- stuff that got cut the most oh so there may be more in there but for a three hour film to be cut down to basically an hour and a half there's a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. not that's there yeah no I'm uh, is there any like talks to release a, a full version a director's cut? Oh, probably, probably extra scenes, maybe not a director's cut. You know, three hours of mid nineties. I, I honestly wouldn't mind, like, even though it's nice when it's short and sweet. Cause it's movie, just so well shot. That yeah, I wouldn't mind watching it for, you know, four or five hours. Maybe yeah, shot in four by three. Yep. No one does this. Uh, no one does this except for Wes Anderson. Yeah. Who does this quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, when I was looking up for background for this and prepping interview questions, um, they were, he had to convince um, the producers to shoot 4x3 because no one shoots in 4x3 and not a lot of money is made in 4x3. The only other film to make over $100 million in 4x3 was Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. So when he was pitching the film, he had to keep using the Grand Budapest example <laughs> to like make sure um, the execs understand, like, hey, this is how I want, or I guess the style and how it can be mm-hmm. money. Yeah, but um, four by three, it's a nice ratio. Uh, so I just wanted to bring back the uh, three hours thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. Now, this is a little bit out of top, but uh, call me by your name, actually. Originally, four hours long. For the first half only. Whoa. Four hours long, and I'd still watch it. I would. I would <laughs> definitely watch it. Question: I know there's a see, there's another book, right? Or is it? No. I so think is this one book, or I is think it's the books? same book? I'm yeah, sure. I think it's one book, but it goes like forward in time quite a bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And it's one book. I know he wants to do sequels. That sequel based on that same book. Yes. Yes, I okay. think it's yeah their future relationship. Got it. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so psyched for the second one. He said it's confirmed. Yeah. There's he's like having, no. He's having no trouble name. finding the name. That's what it was on Twitter. When he did oh, really? He wants to do it. But he doesn't know. One, he doesn't want to call it "Call Me by a Name" too. No, he should call it. So Twitter had a field day with like naming it like "Call Me by Your Name," like Electric Boogaloo, and they <laughs> put different subtitles on it just trying to get the thing expedient. It needs to. The sequel needs to be, and I will call you by yours. Sure. That's it. Yeah, you've solved it. It's just... Get on the phone to Luca Guadagnino (laughs) right now. All right. So part of the reason why we said it was topically relevant is because we had the opportunity to interview uh, the main cast, everyone except for Nikhil. So we got to interview Sonny, Owen, Gio, and Ryder, who play... um, Hold on, I'm going to get this right. Play Stevie, Fuck Shit, um, Fourth Grade, and Ruben in the film. Yeah. And we got to sit down with them for 20 minutes, and we're going to provide it for you guys so you guys can listen to it. So we're going to step away for it right now, and we're going to put that right here. See you soon. How did you guys get cast in the film? Mikey Alfred. Yeah, Mikey Big Alfred, basically. Yeah, but like he said, yeah, so what happened was Mikey, uh, he's co-producer on the film. Um, he got like uh, 70 kids that he knew from LA, uh, all skateboarders, because that's who Jonah wanted to cast. He wanted to cast skateboarders and teach them how to act rather than, because you can't teach anybody how to be a skateboarder. It takes being a part <laughs> of the culture to know. And um, 
Yeah, uh, and then we were the the chosen. The yeah. chosen one. But y'all can go into details about you guys. I went no, to, I mean, Olin pretty much. Oh, my bad. That's crazy. Uh, I went to Stoner, and uh, Mikey Alfred introduced me to Lucas and Jonah. So, I mean, at the first, like, I didn't even know that Jonah was, like, making a movie or anything. And I just thought he would just stop by, to, like, stop by Stoner with Lucas. I didn't even know who Lucas was at the time. But Lucas is has three phones out this year. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I mean, we just started talking. He asked me if I had any acting experience. So like from that, I was just like, oh, there's, there's got to be something. And then um, he didn't even know I acted before. So he, he was just like talking to me. And then I told him that I've like acted before. So I went for an audition, call back, and then. Are we here? Yeah, yeah. Drinking Starbucks in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's a good ass slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking Starbucks in Seattle. <laughs> so you had, you had acted before, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't look at your IMDb. I didn't even know you were in God of War. I played that earlier this year and didn't even know it. But what did, for the other three, what was like, how was your first experience on set doing this for your first time? I pretty much Ryder said it all. Like, <laughs> nah, um, man, every single day um, on set, I didn't know like how what level do people study like professional actors and stuff. And um, every day, uh, like even if I had one uh, line for that whole day, I just repeated and practiced that literally all day. Like, be nervous up until the cameras start rolling. And, um, yeah, that was my approach to it. Just, just, just dedicate every second I have to it. And, um, yeah, but it was just a great environment that was created on set by Jonah to where we can all just have fun with each other and, um, and bring that out on on film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually gonna say like he's been directed by some of the greats and is on his way to becoming. A I can't believe this was his fun. I can't believe this was his first time directing. Yeah. It's it, he he's like a genius at this. He like he choreographed my brain without me knowing, <laughs> and it and it and it helps my uh, performance. Yeah, yeah, I think he definitely like got a little bit of like all the directors because he like he's actually like really really good at it and not because it's just like we like filmed with him or anything but like he's really good at directing and I mean um he like taught he like gave me a lot of taught me a lot of things like personal and like and acting too so yeah he's just a good Good dude. Good dude. He's just a good dude. Yeah. It helps that he's an actor, too. Uh, we're both university students, and uh, I took a screenwriting course at UW, and the, the guy says, if you want to do directing, you should probably be an actor first, because if you want to direct actors, you have to know what they're going through and what they're doing. Yeah. So having him like be like this great actor, like I, I think I started going, like I got caught on to Jonah Hill mm. in like 2010 with Moneyball, or 2011 mm. with Moneyball. I had just known him as like the kid from Superbad for the longest time, and then he starts doing like Wolf of Wall Street, and he does Coen Brothers, and now he's directing, which is really crazy. Yeah, he definitely yeah. has a diverse like, career where yeah. he's just doing it Like, all. I'm just happy to, see, like, not happy, but like, I'm just stoked to see him direct, and oh shit, I'm a part of it, you know? <laughs> So you guys were previously like familiar with him. You'd seen some of his yeah, stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have a favorite Jonah Hill film? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Uh, I like. I actually. I like all of them, and I'm I'm still watching Maniac right now. Oh. But no, what's oh funny with me goodness. watching Maniac right now is like, now that we're like, we're all like really like close to Jonah Hill. I said his full name. That's your first <laughs> Now we're like close to Jonas, so like when I watch uh, Maniac, it's all it feels like he's just like he's never acted before, and he's just my like just a good friend, and then he like does something big. I'm like, 
whoa, he's in this show. <laughs> like, it's not like me imagining, like, he's been in so many things. I'm, like, watching it as if, like, I see, like, Owen in, like, a big or, like, yeah. a big video or something. Just like your friend. Yeah, but no, I, like, uh, I think I really, really, really liked him at Wolf of Wall Street, even though he didn't. Well, actually, no, he had, he, had, he had a pretty big role. And uh, War Dogs. War Dogs. Ooh, his performance in that. Yeah, that one, too. bro. I literally just watch little clips of the of him laughing. That laugh is so good. My bro, favorite, the laugh when he is goes <laughs> When he goes out of the car and like, someone insults him. I saw it so long ago. But when he gets out of the car and he pulls out the AK. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because oh, so so he, he, like, he gave him money for weed. And then uh, they didn't give it to him. So he comes out and he's like... Oh, okay, okay. He comes out and gets taken. Bro, that's a... He's so good in that role. He's just really multi-talented. He's really, yeah. I'm kind of jealous, but... <laughs> uh, did you guys have a favorite day on set? Uh, let's see. <laughs> like how long was the shooting process and uh, stuff like that? Well, we sh everybody shot for two and a half months, but Sunny and Sunny, Luke Sunny Lucas in the month... Then Catherine um, shot a little bit before us. I don't know. Maybe Sunny can elaborate. Am I kidding? So what happened was, uh, yeah. So we started. I think we started shooting like the world is a night light, and I fly in it. So what happened was. Um, I need to stop talking right now. I'm starving. Basically, y'all shot <laughs> for three months. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. We shot for two and a half months. Like, you guys probably shot like. It was like thirty-five days. Oh. All right, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna focus right now. <laughs> don't worry about it. So. The coffee is like just kicking. Yeah, it's like really. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. What was the question one more time? Uh, favorite day on set, and we already have the first part, which is how many days you shot, so I guess... Oh, favorite, favorite day, day on, on set. set, oh, okay. Uh, probably... The... the huh? I said don't do it. Oh, no, I wasn't. No, the, the part <laughs> where, The, like, party scenes. Like, the, when we were, like, outside the skate shop where, like, we would all skate, and then there was, like, the barbecue. That was fun because, like, all my friends... I like brought him in too because like all the extras were like my friends because mm -hmm. I said I could bring in friends so um, it was just like a bunch of my friends and then uh, it was just like it was cool to watch everybody. Yeah, it felt very authentic just like seeing you yeah. guys hang out with your actual friends. And Jono so. is like, with, with Johnny he has OCD too so like he's very like specific about like the trash and everything. Um, yeah. That was my favorite day on set. <laughs> um, I think my favorite day on set was like uh, um, every day, you know, another day, another dollar yeah. person. It helps have a nice set I mean, working environment. Most yeah, of the time, yeah, when you, yeah. once the time you hear sometimes of these rumors coming out of sets and they're just like pure chaos. Yeah, pure chaos and and like I think it's. Uh, I think it's typical to not have a dope environment like this. Like, this was crazy. Like, pretty casual, I imagine. Yeah. I think it's so cool that, like, we're all close. Like, we're all, like, really close. Not not just saying that, but we're actually, like, because, like, films before, like, it's, it's really fun. But it's just, like, um, I've never... Like we all skate, we're all like just super close and we all hang out like outside of like uh, shooting. So it's like, it's so cool to like be going on press and like be just like traveling because it doesn't even like feel like we're doing it for like a movie. It just feels like we're just gonna like be going on like a skate trip. Cause like every time I would like go on a skate trip or like go skating with my friends, it's like, if we go, if we would go on like the plane together, that'd be like the sickest thing. And so we're doing it all the time or we're going on the train or it's just like it's so tight how we get to like mm -hmm. really. That's fun. Yeah. Did either of you guys have a particular favorite experience? Um, or is the chaperone? Every chaperone. day was like something new My to learn by like everybody <laughs> on the <laughs> set. 
That's how I think. I mean, that's how it was for me, at least. Yeah. And for, I guess, everyone but Sunny, uh, you guys probably didn't get to see a lot of, like, the filming of his home life. And what was kind of your guys' reaction to seeing the finished full film um, and all the parts that you guys, I guess, weren't in? Um... I wish there was more because there, like, there was a lot more of that stuff. Like that was a, that was supposed to be like a, feel like a bigger chunk of the movie. Mm -hmm. Did it cut? Yeah, no, yeah. they cut a lot. Like a the lot. The movie was like three hours long. Wow. <laughs> and then now it's eighty minutes with credits. But I mean, I think what Jonah's goal was to like, he. I think when he was editing, he just like realized like some scenes just didn't have to go in. Or, um, it, I hate he, he took out all the like stuff where it didn't add to the story, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's yeah. literally just enough of stuff to like get the point across without having like extra locations where we're just like messing around. Like, it doesn't add mm -hmm. to anything, but it, I also have no clue. Nah, yeah, that I was not my job, and yeah, I should say, not your check. Nah, yeah, nah, um, I agree with him, that's not my check neither, but nah, um, yeah, I don't know why he chose to make the decisions what he did, but I heard him state that, like, um, it's so great to overwrite and overshoot in, in the editing places, mm -hmm. uh, it, another crucial stage of the story, so, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like editing is probably like very subconscious because you want to have things overshoot because then you can have things you want to edit in. Yeah. So I feel that. Um, so do you guys like see yourself? I know you guys acted these characters and it feels pretty like real and true to life. But do you guys see yourself in any of these characters and do you take away anything differently? Because when I saw the film, I mean, I'm looking back at this age period, right? So I'm seeing something different than maybe what you guys see in these characters. Do you guys have... Any particular takeaways for your own personal? I mean, they are your performances, but. I think one thing that I took away and like really enjoyed about my character is like <clears throat> the subtle like uh, like facial expressions that I would make when like I just like I'm a good listener in the film, and it's just like I like watch them and then I just like have like a little smirk or I'm like I don't know I, I think. Uh, so you're just a really good actor. <laughs> no, yeah, no, pretty no, much. No, no, no. Yeah, so I watched it, uh, and I did a really good job. Yeah, I watched it, and I was just like, damn, I'm the best actor ever, and I'm just like, I should just keep going. It's so great. <laughs> um, but, no, no, actually, though, it's like, I think Jonah wouldn't, like, he said, I, I've, I've heard him say this a lot, but, like, he wouldn't, like, make a meal out of it. And especially with like a lot of like the cameos too, a lot of like the like uh, violent scenes or like all those scenes, he would just keep it on wide shot and like let it just play out. Mm -hmm. Let it be what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys did all your own. Like obviously you escape work. You guys did all your own stunts, right? Yeah. Except. Uh, that's crazy that it's even like that's considered stunts. <laughs> yeah, that's tight though. The only stunt in that movie is falling off the roof. Like, yeah. That's the only but thing I would consider to be a stunt. The, they they I did have to bring in a stunt person because uh like, in liability. But I but they actually didn't. They still used me because I actually did jump off the yeah. roof for one of them. They didn't really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just like jumped on the pad and. Uh, like they brought in a stunt lady, and but I guess they still like used my thing because you could kind of like tell mm -hmm. if it. <laughs> yeah, and some Hollywood's really like particular about their stunt work. Like you know about Tom Cruise doing some stunts. Yeah, yeah. He's so crazy. He does like Mission Impossible. He did like yeah, all of those stunts. Yeah, broke his ankle, and he's and like somehow. Yeah, it's hard to watch. So it's just, I don't know, I thought it was cool it's that you guys, they just let you guys do your own things. I mean, it's not like the most dangerous stuff yeah. out there in the face of the world. The skating, though, it's like, it would be weird if someone, if people, like if there were stunt doubles yeah. for us skating, because we skate you a lot. Tell, you know. And like, it really doesn't make sense, because they're all like, like not, we're all like not uh, talented artists. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kel is pro, riders am, only 
one of the fucking best skaters, and Gio is really good. That too. aren't sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> when you were, did you have to fake or act when you had to learn how to ride the skateboard in that one scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the scenes. No, Sonny's like a, a really good. He's a talented skateboarder. Mm -hmm. So it was like he needed to play somebody who couldn't skate, but Sonny can skate. So that like that was pretty hard for him. Yeah, I guess so I had people tell me that they're like, oh, so did you have to like learn how to skate before the film? So I get happy because it's like, it looks realistic. Mm -hmm. but, uh, You're just a really good actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, writer, um, one of like the integral parts of your characters is that you're the one who's filming all of this and going along with all the other characters and kind of documenting everything. Um, how is that in addition to you know, skating and, and playing this character, but also holding a camera. Um, how did that kind of like feel for you uh, when you were shooting? I enjoyed filming on set. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I don't know, I really like my character just from like the script, just cause I'm gonna smack <laughs> you when I leave. Uh, just cause his whole thing is he like doesn't talk and like, him filming and like being the person that documents everything is like that's his role and like that's what he can contribute because he you know, doesn't like make jokes or he's kind of like the uh, scapegoat for like tense situations where it like kind of gets serious and it's like uh, yeah let's just like make fun of fourth grade and then it's like back to normal and then continue on. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, do you know what, what were you shooting on for that little handle, that micro tape? It was a like Sony Hi8. I'm not sure exactly what kind of Sony Hi8, mm -hmm. but I went through a lot of tapes. Did you get to be part of the editing process at the end, um, actually like putting together your little film? Uh, no, that was all Jonah. I got sent. I got sent like a couple, like kind of like rough versions, mm -hmm. and then. I didn't see it for a while. They were just like, hey, can you do all these titles for it? Yeah. And then okay. all that stuff. Well, uh, I guess we're almost out of time, but final question. What do you, what are, like, you guys do all these junkets all the time, probably, I bet, but what is, like, the one thing you wish someone would ask about you or just something no one knows? So that's such a good, I've always heard, uh, tell me something, what do you want somebody, never mind. <laughs> Probably no, that was geniusly yeah, worded. <laughs> that I just skate. I want people to know that I skate, not uh, that I don't skate. Like to keep it, keep it vague, so nobody really knows. Stay mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like especially if you're gonna like act, you don't really want to know people know too much about you. Nah, yeah, um, I pretty much Ryder said it all. Um, <laughs> nah, Gio, can you go first? I mean, Ryder did a really good job in explaining what he was saying, but um, for me at least, I don't know that I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not how Ruben is in the movie. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not a dick, I guess. <laughs> That's I mean, good. I don't think so. That's good enough. Know. That's good enough. That's all they need. Alright, fuck you, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I That's mean, a great note to end on, yeah. I think. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank Hope you guys, guys so much. Hopefully thank today you. isn't as draining as other jokes are. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. Like the ending is just, alright, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys curse at um, every single one of us. Just uh, we're a bunch of we're just we have, we have, uh, we won't let you guys exit. Uh, oh, you want to say uh, put bleeps all over it? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. You guys have cursed at us. Cut, wait, oh, cursed curse at you? Yeah. It must oh, be no. Done. Oh no! no you guys have to <laughs> I don't know if they'll let us no, go just back and do that. That was like just the dumbest <laughs> immature joke, not funny joke. I don't know if I Gio, why'd you say that? Like, Gio, you're not funny, bro. Stop. It's not like that. Come on, Gio. Alright, bro. Wait 20 minutes. I think we're good here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Gio. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. And we're back. We hope everyone enjoyed that little interview here. I certainly enjoyed asking them questions about Jonah Hill and their experience on set. We're going to talk about the party scene in particular in that interview. They said they really enjoyed that particular aspect, not only because um, it was uh, they got to bring their friends on set, but because uh, we think it's important because of uh, the events that happened on, 
in that party sequence. That's the one where uh, Stevie's kind of accepted. He also... Um, he also loses his uh, virginity. He does not. He does not. Oh. He has a sexual encounter. Yeah. Sexual encounter. My bad. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really clear what happened. We only get to hear what happened from the characters, right? Yeah, he said he fingered her. Mm-hmm. So, not quite virginity, but... Yeah, yeah. No, my bad. It's, I just, uh, yes. when they, you know, they, the shot was basically, they had them in the room, they were kissing, and then, like, mm-hmm. cut. So, generally, you know, when, when films do that, the implication is yeah. that they went the whole way, so... That scene is really, like, it has to be delicately done, because you're obviously mm-hmm. showing kids mm-hmm. doing this, right? Yeah. There's, Sunny is, like, 12 in this film, 12, 12-ish. And I, what did you guys think the girl, age of the girl? Yeah, I feel like, like she was older, definitely, by yeah. a few years. Like, yeah. she definitely looked, well, she was obviously much taller than him, and, yeah. I got the sense that Stevie was, you get to see how how young he really is in this one. Mm-hmm. How he's trying to be someone so much bigger, yeah. and someone so much bigger than he actually is. Like, he is this kid in this small body, but he's trying to be someone so much grander than what his, um, like what his physical appearance may be. And you can tell because he keeps saying that he's nervous as well, mm-hmm. that he's not, you know, fully, mm-hmm. doesn't fully reach that, he's just trying. Yeah, it was quite honest scene, yeah. like you could really tell mm-hmm. how he was feeling. And he wasn't trying to put on that he was really confident necessarily either. Like yeah. he was going through the motions, but you could see that he was very nervous. Except afterwards when he comes yeah. out and hikes up to his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jonah Hill, in another interview, um, had said that he had wanted to show how they use it like as, as a currency. Mm. Like even though he's really nervous about it at the time, he's using it as a way to. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, and he's using that to, um, using that kind of achievement or accolade of like having that sexual encounter to like get credit with his friends, mm-hmm. and um, it, I just thought it was. A kind of a, an interesting take that he would include something like that. Yeah, and uh, doesn't that scene also like lead into fuck shit being you know going crazy as well and something happening with him? And oh wait, do we want any spoilers? Because it's still in theaters when we talk. Oh about yeah, this. damn. Uh, we'll go light on the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, if you don't want it to be spoiled, you know I don't know. Pause it. Go see the movie, come back, yeah. or skip ahead like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, continue. So, uh, it, like it's the start of us seeing the strained relationship between, uh, not the complete start, because like there's the you know scene with Nakel and the professional skateboarders early on, but uh, you get to see, you know, Nakel's complaints about how fuck shit is getting, you know, he used to skate all the time with him, but... Mm-hmm then stopped and started, you know, just wanting to get fucked up yeah. all the time. I feel like, I feel like the, the dynamic is pretty not interesting. Uh, fuck shit is a little bit jaded, I feel like, at this point, because um, I feel so much of what he admires is the group aspect, and he feels like he's being somewhat left behind yeah. by Ray's progression as a skater. Mm-hmm. Um, like... Uh, Keep saying, I want to say Olin, but Olin's not his character name. Yeah. It's fuck shit. Yeah, that's, I keep saying Nakel, it's Ray. Yeah. So fuck shit wants to have like this amateur, like he wants to go pro, but he's not kind of there, but he still wants to retain like this group aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when they get in that car crash, it's kind of like the splintering of everyone. Like, they show them together at the end. Yeah. yeah. But you one would assume that after that is they're going to have to deal with the fallout of yeah. him crashing the car and getting everyone killed. Or not, not no one gets killed. Thankfully, <laughs> no one gets killed. Yeah. And it, I thought the car crash was rather well done. It's yeah. kind of, it's like a cliche mm-hmm. to get a car crash. Yeah. It's like a whiplash, has that car crash yeah. scene, mm-hmm. and you're just like anticipating it. Country for old men. Has that, a car crash, yeah. That one, though, is not. not that one that was very well done. That one is good because it's, it's pretty much the end of the film at that mm-hmm. point. I feel like in this film though, I wasn't, I was kind of expecting it, but then I was like, no, it wouldn't end in that way. Like it's not going down that road. And then, and then it happens, which makes yeah. it more like of a mm-hmm. shock than it would be. And I like the way he did it with the sound effects too, where you have that first spike mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, this is going to happen. 
Um, and then the second spike is just like a flash of light mm -hmm. on fourth grade's face and then yeah. it's a crash, which I thought was, for, for as many car crashes as we get in these films, I think the way he shot it and uh, did it was probably the most unique way he could have done it. Yeah. yeah. And then after that is like the, it, you know, transitions directly into him being in the hospital, right? Yeah. And that, that scene is pretty interesting because, as you said, you wouldn't expect them to do that, but then they do end up, you know, staying all night at the hospital, uh, waiting for any news of Stevie's yeah. condition. And it's very, very interesting to see. And then, like, fourth grade brings his thing that he recorded mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah, the strong baby production. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, they're like all really good friends because it shows how they're all waiting in the hospital room, right? Mm -hmm. But I, f I felt a little left something to be desired to see how they deal with um, fluctuating actions because it seems like they just they gloss just, over yeah. it. They're like, hey, you got, you got, you drunk, you drunk drive and, uh, you know, almost got someone killed, but, you know, we're kind of just here for the squad or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. You want to talk about Catherine Waterston here, character and Lucas Hedges' character? Because mm -hmm. they're like the big, the big names in the movie. Yeah, True. yeah Lucas Hedges. Uh, I used to like here or a second at this point. I used to like Lucas Hedges. You know, like as a person, and I still like him as a person. But like when I watch the movie, I really want to punch him in the face. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's not a nice guy. In he's this. not a nice. He he, and he's just like his haircut. He's dressed up in a way that just wants you, like, you just want to punch him. I don't know why, it just, it kind of feels yeah. like... He's playing that, the older brother yeah. that you don't like and is just being mean. Um, I feel like both of their characters, the mom and the brother, get underserved. That probably goes back to how much they cut from the film. Yeah, I, I heard actually, yeah, that they cut a lot of the home life stuff out, I think. Mm -hmm. So they cut that out because... You don't see the repercussions. Another one of those strings that doesn't tie up is you see Stevie blame his brother for taking all eighty dollars, mm -hmm. and you don't see you don't see the brother come back and get like like revenge. For no, that. he did. Didn't he punch him like in the? No, that doesn't. That happens when he come when Stevie comes home drunk. No, no. Before he comes around, like when he's he's screaming in his bed. Oh, yeah, you're right. I take it back. I take it back. Yeah, no, <laughs> I take it back. He was. He just came. I take it back. He started punching him, like very hard, and it was it was worse than the other times too, where you just you know tell him to shut yeah. shut up and like he would punch him very very. I I liked in the end scene when the Lucas Hedges character Ian is in sitting next to Steve's bed in the hospital and he gives him the orange juice. I thought that was like, that's a gesture that finally shows that, okay, maybe he does like his little mm -hmm. brother a little bit. Yeah. Because throughout the thing, like his orange juice is his. Like, yeah. that's like how Stevie gets revenge on him for like, yeah. When he's drunk, he uh, like swings open the door and grabs the OJ. Yeah. Does he, still, does he have to pour it out or anything? I don't remember. I, don't I think remember. he just grabs it and then, yeah, the chase ensues. Yeah. But um, I liked that little that little bit at the end. You saw that maybe Ian wasn't so horrible and mean. Maybe there was a little bit of something there underneath. Mm -hmm. That he cares about. Him. Yeah. And it also kind of flares up too when he gets hit with the skateboard and he sees Stevie there and he doesn't want to... I guess there's a little bit of anger mm -hmm. in the fact that he is one man versus like five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's also the fact that it's his brother there and he doesn't want to, like, I guess, ruin what they have, mm -hmm. what he has going on. That being said, he does need his friends yeah. very much. I think so. it's like jealousy as well. You can tell that he, like Luke Sedge's character, Ian, is like very lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just got so much resentment when Stevie finally has friends. Because at the beginning, Stevie's lonely too. And then he, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Stevie wants, what I got is that Stevie, uh, Stevie didn't like his home life. Like his mom, um, is dating after getting uh, pregnant at 18 with Lucas Hedges' character's name. Ian. Ian, I keep forgetting. Pregnant with Ian, and now their home life is somewhat fractured. Yeah. And that makes what, that's what makes Stevie goes to these, um, the skaters, because they kind of understand him, and they both all have problems, mm -hmm. whether it be, I think fourth grade is the one that um, is poor, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Ruben's parents beat him. Mm -hmm. Owen, 
Owen's, or not Owen, Flash's brother dies, right? Yeah. No, that's Ray, right? I thought it was Ray's brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah and then I thought fuck shit was more just like, his parents are really wealthy and he just feels a bit like, oh, I don't know what they to do with myself. Yeah. So they've all got stuff going on. That's what brings it together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, there was also like, uh, even though there was a strain on, uh, you know, not Ray and fuck shit's characters. There was also a spat between Ruben and Stevie. Yeah. Because they were originally friends. Like, they were first to introduce... Like, Ruben was the first guy to introduce Stevie to the gang. Mm -hmm. And when Stevie gets more liked, mm -hmm. I suppose, uh, Ruben starts feeling jealous. And I, I really kind of like that dynamic. Yeah, he's getting displaced mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, do we ever see Ruben act on his angers? I can't remember. Yeah, he does. Uh, they get into the fight. Yeah, they get into the, the fight. The party thing at the end. Like, not the, when they're in the skate park. Uh, you know, now everybody's in the skate park. And Stevie's drinking quite a bit. He gets into a fight with Ruben. Mm -hmm. DM. Wow. They like bump into each other, and he's like, "What's your problem?" I only and saw this. Start. I only saw this movie earlier this week. It's surprising how much I've already. Yeah. Like my memory's already starting to fade. I'm getting pretty important details wrong right now. So it's a good thing I have you guys here. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really good. It left an impression on me. Yeah. Very relatable, as I said, because I did skate as a kid. Uh, most of the slurs though, we didn't really do them uh, in Dubai. It was more Arabic slurs, <laughs> but but yeah, I, the culture is kind of the same. Yeah. Around, so it was very, very nice to see. Especially since like, culture kind of comes late to Dubai. You know, mm -hmm. the 90s culture hits in the 2000s rather than in the 90s. So it was a decade off, yeah. Yeah, like, not, not, anymore, probably, not yeah. anymore. Now it's like, now we're about the same because mm -hmm. how far internet has come and like mm -hmm. you know social media and all that but before it used to be you know 90s culture in the 2000s and skating was a big thing in the 2000s rather than the 90s in uh, in the US you know yeah I feel that well I mean I, I'm sorry I don't feel that because I haven't experienced it but I understand it yeah we're gonna wrap it up here guys um Ooh, uh, what do I want to say here? Oh, we'll flood our socials. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Ivy, oh, for, thank you for, having for being me. here. It's yeah. always fun. Uh, make sure to read Ivy's review on the site. That's up there. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW and mm -hmm. like our Facebook page. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Drop a yeah. little rating. Mm -hmm. Ratings. You know, everyone says rate, comment, and subscribe. And you, you always, when you listen to them, you think it's like, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. But it actually really does help. Drop like a five stars, a written review would be nice. Uh, and that's it, I think. Yeah. Any final words? Go see the movie. It is. I really movie. enjoyed it. And uh, that's, we're going to sign off right here. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next week. And have a good day. Peace.